Nailed we, de it. we definitely all clapped. I'm going to assume we all clapped. I mean, mine uh, got edited out, so that sucks. My god, I'm, my audio is like all over the place again. Uh, mm -hmm. Hello there, guys, gals, and man, fuck it. Let me pull this back down. <laughs> Wait, like, like, like seriously, I am I am unable. I, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with my levels right now. Did we did we all successfully clap on time? I mean, I'm worried did. that it didn't look like the waveform didn't look right. It was tiny on mine. I think Discord edited it out or something. I don't know. Oh, but Discord won't impact your audacity there. Yeah, I just realized that. So I don't know why it got so edited down. That was weird. All right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna try this then. Um, what the fuck? I've got myself at like 30% here, and I'm still... Okay. Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Uh, I am your incredibly loud GM, Zach, and uh, welcome to that D&D podcast. Uh, we are going to be uh, going back to the open seas again, because we've definitely been there before. And that name was not just a ruse that I used to get people to play games with me. Mm -hmm. um, just a secret plan to get Palladium on the menu. Yes, exactly. I had I had to I had to pull some shenanigans to get to get my native language of Palladium on the podcast. So uh, I will now allow the the crew to introduce themselves in Discord order. Hi, hello. I'm Andrew Outway, and I will be trying to remember how to play pop it tonight which sounds euphemistic but isn't <laughs> hi i'm adam he him today i will be trying to remember elamir's main task and actually you know do something useful okay i feel like you've set the bar far too high Hi, I am Jonathan, he him i'll be playing fik unchuslung tonight which again i remind everyone is Zach's fault Hey, I'm Mike J. Darkson Berard, uh, he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm playing air quotes Dr. Edwin Armstrong, also using he, him pronouns. Uh, and uh, I have a cold. Sweet. It is yes. hot chocolate fest in Vancouver, and I am very full of milk. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, uh, since I think I forgot to do mine, I got he, him pronouns as well. This is Zach speaking, and uh, I'm going to be doing my best NPR voice to attempt to avoid destroying the audio. For some reason, I cannot manage it tonight. So yes, uh, for those listening at home, it has been some time since we have gotten together to play a game um, over the, the holidays and stuff that's come since. So we're going to be doing a little bit of catch-up tonight and hopefully get ourselves in a position to push the story forward. So, um, when last we left our heroes, there was, there were... Uh, I, I, Edwin prefers protagonists. Protagonists. Ooh. Okay. When, when, when last we, when last we uh, engaged with our protagonists, uh, we walked, uh, we put uh, Gaston on a bus, and we... Is that horse's name Bus? That horse is named Bus. That evil demonic horse is named Bus. And um, there was a kidnapping, and then some interaction with the the knights, uh, the Fossarian, Fossarian knights, and we. Was it a bad kidnapping? There was there was some there was some stuff going on with uh, our charred our our 
uh, renter of his own lighthouse. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Our tenant. Our tenant. Bennett the tenant. Not certain he knows that yet, but... <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to time skip a little bit. Uh, probably a month. We'll say a month. And we're going to come back. And we're going to start with... Well, who wants to go first? I want to give us a, each a shot of each of your sort of what you've been doing. Imagine this is like the, the opening of a season of a TV show, right? Like we remember these characters from last time, but something's probably happened to them in the meantime. Uh, it's been a little while since we checked in. Who wants to go first? Ooh, wow, look at all this run. I can go first. Okay. Alright, so one of the last things you did was you commissioned the dwarves to yes. build a statue slash evigy slash corporeal body for the god uh, the, the, the god child, right? Yes, yes. Um, not not a divorced dad or or the other one, <laughs> the the child of the two delinquent parents. Yes. Um, and that is done. Uh, they've had it up for a little while now, and it is gorgeous. Like, it is very good work. These dwarves are just top-tier craftspeople. And um, it's, of course, made of, of uh, brass. Bronze? Bronze. They're bronze workers. It's made of bronze. And um, it's standing in the garden exactly where you want it to do on that plinth. Um, and... Everything is falling down around it, unfortunately. Because it was not... The, the the place for this is back in sort of the... The semi-forgotten elven deities, right? <laughs> yeah. But... And that was always a little grungy and overgrown and maybe not as nice as other parts of the, the garden. But now the entire garden sort of looks that way. And not just because uh, somebody might have rampaged a giant rope like magic robot through it and destroyed large chunks. Um, but like the topiaries are browning and the, uh, the masonry on the walkways is cracking and crumbling. Whatever forces was keep, were keeping this place in that pristine condition and welcoming, and giving it that welcoming feeling for those that came, that's just not there anymore. This place feels, if not dead, then just kind of normal. And your statue is here, but nothing is happening. And you've noticed that there's just not as many people. Uh, the people that are here are sometimes shadier. Like, there might be some people that are doing the divine equivalent of, like, tearing the copper piping out of a house, right? Um, as they scavenge things from the the statuary and the surroundings, and the Fossilary Knights are chasing more of them off than they do as many more times chasing looters, essentially, off than they are directing pilgrims like they used to. But you're in the garden. It's around sunset. Um... What are you doing? I think tending to the little air bit of area that I am now, you know, the proud owner of a new statue in. 
Okay, okay. Uh, Since the, 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 the holy powers aren't tending to the area, I guess I have to do that for now until I can figure out what's going on. Okay, okay. So what, you got like a, a broom and you're sweeping things up? Or are you like carving little swords into the bushes? Like what's, what's, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I, I think it's more tending to the, uh, the plants in the area. Okay. So gardening, if you will. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the yeah, you uh, you spend you've been spending some time in here. Are is this a regular thing? Have you been doing this for the last couple of weeks, or is this like did you just realize that something needs done and you wanted to like pay your proper respects so divorce dad energy god doesn't become a problem? Um, no, I think it's definitely something we've been doing for a longer term. Maybe like the last week. Okay. Um, so yeah, he kind of wrote it off for a little while because the statue was up, but then realized the next time he came to check in, something didn't seem right anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you are, uh, and so that means that the, like, you've been seen by the knights. They're not, they don't come back here a ton, but they do do their rounds. And so they, they aren't surprised by your presence. Even as the sun's going down, they sort of, aren't worried about you walking out with anything because you would have done that already probably, right? Yeah. So you're there uh, clipping your hedges and and sh- and maintaining the, the greenery uh, as the last set of knights sort of, before nightfall at least, makes their way past and they'll, one of them, they nod to you on their way by, um, not necessarily respectfully, but acknowledgingly, right? These are not... These are not guys that are are looking to be your friend, but they are also not looking to kick you out right away. Um, and as you're shaping this bush, like you got this bush that you're you're shaping in some sort of like elven fashion, right? I don't know if you're familiar with those sorts of things as Elamir or not, uh, but you're probably doing your best, right? Try, yeah. Um, and as you're doing that, uh, you use the clippers, and all of a sudden, you're just clipping away at this bush, and all of a sudden you hear a clunk, and you can feel it. Suddenly your clippers don't close all the way. Um, and there's something stuck in them. Like, you got something that was in this bush, and it sounded m- metal. Yeah, pull back the shears to see if I can figure out what this is. Okay. And when you pull out the pull back the shears, uh, the uh, they come out with a well. They come out and something is stuck inside of them. As you sort of pull them out, and it it's small, probably the size of like a quarter, no, not even a quarter, like a dime, and that falls to the ground uh, in uh, like onto the the rocks below uh, the pavement, and. Even before you pick it up, you can tell it's sort of like a dulled, rusty steel. And it looks like the the clippers gouged it up pretty hard. But it looks like a scale? Like just a, like a little, a little metal dish. that's sort of rusted on the edges and now sort of bent about two-thirds of the way across, right? From the clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a hole raggedly punched in one edge 
Yeah, that's what you find. That's what it... Would this be something that I... Would I assume it was from, like, a scale armor or, like, a necklace decoration? It looks probably more like scale armor, but not like a well-made scale armor. Okay. It looks like something that was pretty uh, haphazardly, like, pounded into shape for a scale armor. Um, It reminds you somewhat specifically of those woven effigies, the statues, and the scales that were, the iron scales that were nailed to sort of the sides of those. The one I'm not supposed to think about? The one you're, yes. The one that thinking about is bad, apparently, for unexplained reasons. I I guess I would like to try to find out if this is, there's only one in this bush, or if there's more lying around. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you start looking through the bush, uh, you find, yeah, there's a couple more, uh, sort of strewn as you start shaking the sort of shaking the bush to get into it, a couple more fall out and clink, clink, clink on the ground. Um, and then it doesn't take too long and you spot it. There is a little effigy, little bitty one, probably five inches in length from nose to not tail because these don't have tails. Um, and it's just a little bitty version of those effigies, just stuck into this bush, next to the elven, the forgotten elven gods for some reason. So, I guess this is something Elamir could probably put together, but I would assume that gods require holy power to sort of establish themselves, and that these effigies could be collection devices of that kind of power it's not an unreasonable thought so i think elevator is going to go on a, a hunt for more of these effigies lying around okay okay uh so yeah you uh head out around it with the failing light uh it's not dark yet but it's, it's getting towards dark um, but yeah, you search the next bush over, one of the ones you haven't trimmed up yet, and there's another one. And they resemble each other fairly superficially. There's not like a, it doesn't look like, uh, these are being, if they are being like mass produced, it's in a very haphazard fashion. They are about the same size. They're about the same shape. The scales on one don't quite look like the scales on the other one, but they're definitely two of the same things. And, sorry. No, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think after finding more than one of these, Elamir's next thought would be to find someone who might know more about this kind of thing. And our tenant seems like a decent person to start with. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, then we can end there and uh, uh, we will uh, leave Elamir with uh, with a handful of wolf edge- effigies and a plan to go talk to Bennett. And then we will jump to our next contestant. Who wants next? Who wants to elect someone to go next? <laughs> <laughs> Go, Mike. I knew it. Hi. I don't remember what Doc was doing. Were you just getting over being a kid? You're going through puberty, apparently. That's what you were doing. 
Well, no, okay, so Doc has other problems. I'm happy to do Doc's, but I've got a plan for Doc. Like a Cylon sort of plan, or like what? <laughs> Kinda, I guess, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Doc, you have a, a relationship with uh, a deity that doesn't maybe exist yet, uh, right? Um, and the whole deal is that you've been informed of things or seen the future or been told about things. You're quantum leaping around is what we kind of decided, right? Yeah. Uh, probably in penance for some sort of past shenanigans. Okay. So I think what has happened in the month since we last talked is that Doc has leapt away. Specifically, Doc went to go do his next leap. And you got this, whatever sensation you normally get. I don't know. Is it actually like straight up the, the quantum leap, like... Like, colorful strands of time that you, you jump through. Um, and the leap goes wrong. Halfway through going where you're going, you can feel sort of the hand at the wheel that's usually there disappears. And you are hurled through black time. Just lightless time. And an instant eternity later, you come to, and you are standing in a town square that is on fire, and you are surrounded by people who are not alive anymore. And they look like they had a real rough time getting that way. Okay. It's night. The only light you can have is from the fire from the burning buildings and city infrastructure around you. You can hear the sounds of, like, battle slash screaming slash unwanted violence nearby. Um, everything is on fire. But you cannot see anyone alive that's not you. But all this is it's still in progress. It sounds like there's something going on. Yes. Or the thing is continuing to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a doctor, so I'll move to the nearest uh, previously alive individual and, you know, just give it a once-over, see if I can figure out what killed them. Okay. Um, yeah, so you move over to the next, to the nearest, this nearest body. It's a fairly well-off, like, their clothes are fairly nice, if now completely shredded and blood-covered. Um, but they are of a vintage that you're unfamiliar with. Like, you don't know, it's a human person, uh, but you don't know where or when you might be currently. Yeah. Okay. Their wounds look like they were mauled by something very large. Mauled, but not eaten. Okay. Uh, does it like does this ring a bell of any sort of like you know <clears throat> large wolf creatures that I may or may not have taken a lightning bolt stab at from too far away it doesn't seem like a huge leap to get there no um and all the, the uh, there are probably a dozen more in this courtyard in the same conditions um 
There's a few like sticking out of a fountain. Um, and it's just same story all around. Right. Um, do I still remember how to summon the nightmare? Yeah, you do. I'm just, that's more of idle curiosity than something that would be a good idea in this situation. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't, this is not a good idea, but I head towards the fighting. Okay. Um, and you, uh, you head towards the sounds of fighting and you're walking through a, uh, the city you're walking through, the, the, the urban area you're walking through at least is, um, looks like it was carved or built out of limestone, uh, with big, uh, roads and walls and edifices and, uh, but it's lived in, right? Like, so there's buildings built up against this stuff, um. And very clear was occupied. A lot of this is on fire now. Um, it looks like the fire is, has been burning for some time. A lot, some of it's maybe burning down, but it's got a ways to go. Um, and the scene is roughly the same as you travel towards the noise. There are more people who have been killed, although the uh, the number of them thins out a little bit. It looks like maybe they got out of here when they heard what was going on before, but you start seeing dead bodies again after you, as you walk towards the thing, and most of them are dressed like what you assume would be soldiers, right? Um, um, can I, as I go, I'm going to try to, like, like listen real hard for any sounds that might indicate um, someone that needs help, right? Like okay. somebody hiding or whatever. Okay. Um, that's a re- So give me... That's interesting. Give me a give me a survey roll, actually. Um, <laughs> I just throw that directly into the fire for uh, for XP fodder. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you think you hear as you're getting as you're getting closer to the the sounds, they start to. Um, dissipates the wrong word like they the the sounds of like violence become they sort of reach a crescendo and then they die out and you can tell you you can't tell exactly how far you are from it but you're a little ways yet um and then there's just the sound of like burning and like burning architecture and the occasional you think whales from a distance. Uh, but then you hear a a noise of some sort, a, a scratching, a the sound of movement under or behind a collapsed market stall, let's say. Right? Uh, there's no voice, there's no sound, or no like vocalization, I should say. Um, but it, it definitely looks like there's someone or something under this, like the remains of this, like wooden, wooden roofed and countered, but otherwise just like a lean to market stall. So vaguely hoping that I haven't arrived too late to help someone, uh, you know, I rush over to this collapsed market stall, uh, and, um, heedlessly uncover whatever has been covered. Perhaps to my detriment. 
Okay, yeah. So as you get over there, uh, you you go to lift the uh, the like the, the the debris of the roof and the counter sort of up as off of whatever is underneath, and there is a sudden scrabbling. Like if you've ever seen, like a small dog that got surprised in its sleep, right? It's the same sort of motion. And you are immediately confronted with a foot and a half long version of that zombie wolf, right? Its jaws covered in blood. This thing has been eating, but it got stuck under here somehow. Uh... And you just freed it from the the confines of the, the rubble. It will it will snarl at you, but it is not immediately striking at you. What do you do? I mean these things are unequivocally I hesitate to use the word use the word bad, but like it's not like this is a like a puppy. It's just a small zombie wolf that will get bigger over time and as it's fed negative energies and stuff, right? That seems to jive with what you know about them, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see a reason not to smite it as as, as odd as that sounds, right? Like, it seems like you know, this is not, this is the sort of thing that's going to harass innocent people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely been your experience, at least, to this point, right? Like, the nicest one you've seen so far tried to eat uh, Gaston's sacred cat. Right. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and, and, and like, I like I don't, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly uh, Elamir with a sword or anything like that, so I'll just go ahead and hit it with, you know, lightning bolt. All right. Yeah, give me uh, give me your lightning bolt casting, whichever one we decide that one was a tune. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, but, when you push yourself, so I must push myself. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do I do I clear out my stress from last time, or am I adding? Yeah, go ahead and clear stress. I should have said that before. You can just clear out stress. Yeah. Am I still rocking that black eye too? No, you would you would you wouldn't be because you are uh, not in the same body anymore. So, all right, I, I, all right, I'm someone else. Got it. All right. How does uh how do them sixes feel? That is that is that is in fact a crit. Turns out when you roll five dice, things can get pretty important <laughs> or pretty pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, you you zap this thing real good. Uh. And it just basically disincorporates. It it is the smell is terrible, but it is immediately vaporized uh, or some version of that. Like I assume there's, I I would guess there's probably like uh, seared zombie flesh and bones and things, but it's over. This thing is gone. And um, like, I, this is this was a level. This was not strictly necessary. This was probably overkill this is probably something that was born out of frustration and anger and sadness and fear rather than Mm -hmm. yes yes your force lightning was powered by the dark side yes um but the other thing that happens is that when you zap that dog uh 
um, as you're sort of in the final throes of electrocuting it, um, a set of two people, both wearing armor, but in one much, like, more elaborate and shiny than the other, uh, come around the corner just in time to see you do that. And these people are in rough shape. There is uh, the, there's someone wearing, like, n elaborate knightly armor with long hair, like long blonde hair, uh, and with a sword and a shield and just covered in blood to the point where you can't even see livery under it. And another one that looks like, you know, one of the peasants' uh, infantry that came with that person. Uh... And they immediately, they see you do that. And you can tell, you can tell that they are bewildered and like just exhausted and somehow still alive and can't believe that. Um, and they don't even threaten you at all. They just sort of see you and act like you're supposed to be there. And then we'll cut to the next person. Can I say how can I help? Right, like that's, sure. Yeah. How can I help? Okay, <laughs> Doctor Edwin Armstrong. How can I be of service? <laughs> there you go. Yes, yes. I'm a doctor. Yeah, it's lighting phase <laughs> from your hands for electrocuting the dog thing. How can I help? I'm a doctor. How can I help? God, all right. good. All right, all right. Um, who is next? Uh, let's do puppet things. All right, cool. That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. Mm -hmm.